The Z-Ball podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast, and on the eve of NBA opening night, uh, we have what is a tradition here on the Z-Ball Podcast to go over the win totals, the over-unders for each team in the NBA, and today we're going to be taking a look at all the teams in the Eastern Conference, and uh, joining me to go over all the over-under win totals for the Eastern Conference, Boston Celtics fan uh, from Los Angeles, California, Akshay. What up, Akshay? How's it going? What's up, Dishon? Uh, it's going pretty well, my, my friend, you know, it's uh, eve of the NBA, start of the season, you know, it's about time, man, it, uh, it, it never comes too soon, you know, so it's, uh, I'm ready to go, man, I'm ready to see uh, the Celtics play tomorrow, you know, it's a new look team, we got Irving, yeah, we lost uh, Isaiah Thomas, we lost Jay Crowder, you know, but um, we lost the 2018 pick, but hey, you know what? It's a new season. We got Irving, so we'll, let's rock and roll, you know? Yes, sir. It's always a delight to have the NBA season back uh, upon us. And uh, it was a, after a, what was a very dramatic and frantic offseason, uh, it's now, get, now getting ready to time to start the season, and I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, we'll get started in the Atlantic Division and start with your Boston Celtics. Over under All 56 right. and a half wins. What do you think? Over and under six and a half points? 56 um, and a half. Oh, 56 and a half, you said, yes. right? Yes. I'm going to have to go under 56 and a half, you know, because I think it's going to take some time for this team to gel. It, it, it is a new team. You know, there is what? Uh, uh, out of this team, I think there's only like, what, four four starters? I mean, all, four players from last year who are, who are returning this year. You know, it's a whole new... It's all your team, you know. Same. Most of them are are young guys, so they picked up. Uh, so I, I definitely see them winning over fifty games, but I don't see them winning uh, more than fifty six. You know. So I definitely, I know it's my team, but I, I got to be real about that. You know, because I think it's, it's going to take some time for them to gel. You know, I mean, they were already gelling as it is during off season, during the preseason. You know, but it's still going to take some time once the season starts. I think it would take about a good uh, maybe 10, 10 games, maybe 10, 12 games before they start playing fully together. So I think it's going to be, I still, I still think they're going to be over 50 wins, but I don't think they're going to be, under, they're going to be uh, I don't think they're going to be over 56. So I, I definitely have to wonder. Okay, I'm definitely going to agree with you. I think beginning of the season there's going to be a learning curve first couple of months of the season and you're not going to really going to know the true identity of this team probably until late January or near all-star break so I'm definitely going over under 56 and a half I agree with you 100% I think they're more of a 52 53 win team definitely a 50 win team one of the better teams in the east for sure and 52 53 wins sounds right for me so I mean kind of getting into the schematics of things I mean kind of like big game pressure situations uh 
late game, down by three. Who's handling the ball? Is it going to be Irving, Hayward? Who's going to be their primary go-to guy? Uh, go uh, make us a play, get a, get us a basket. Where are they going? It's definitely got to be Irving, bro. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, and at the ball game, I think he's going to want the ball in his hands. But, you know, I think it's called, um, I think it's going to be, he's, he's going to be the number one guy who will take the last shot. But, uh, but you know, it's a, it, it all depends in a situational basis. You know, I think he's smart enough to understand that in the, in, in the last few seconds of the game, if he's being double covered, and you have Hayward um, or you have Horford wide open, you, you, you got to pass the ball. It doesn't matter because they got a wide open shot and they have a better shot than you can do uh, mathematically, you know, so that's what I would say. Okay, in regards to that, uh, taking the last shot, uh, Kyrie Irving is from the school of the Mamba mentality, and uh, we know the Mamba, Kobe Bryant, is was well known for taking terrible uh, shots, triple teamed and pressure type situations. Uh, does Kyrie Irving mimic, mimic that habit uh, with the Celtics? Unfortunately, bro, I think he does in uh, in the beginning until he learns. Uh, the Celtics plan, the Celtics game plan, you know, the Celtics rotational, um, well, what do you call it? The rotation of the ball, you know, it's, it's, I mean, he did well during preseason. I mean, the games I saw, he was passing the ball around. So, but I, I still think it's going to take some time before him to get uh, officially um, familiar with the system, you know, and get into it. So, uh, unfortunately, it's a... The Kobe mentality, you know, that's what it is, bro. You know, you, you have the ball, you have the, you have the ball, you have the control, you know, you, you want to take that shot. It has to be you because you're the alpha male, you know. But uh, unfortunately, that's going to be that for some time until he learns. That's what I believe, you know. All right. Uh, in his Cleveland days, uh, pre-LeBron and also with LeBron, uh, he, he was kind of a guy who hovered in the five and a half, six assists per game range. Uh, I mean, how, what does he need to do to kind of increase that uh, with a more ball-centric, uh, more ball-movement-centric type team in the Celtics? Well, what I think what he needs to do, he just has to, you know, he has to um, pass the ball. You know, I mean, it's everything is going to depend on who has the best shot. That's the thing with Brad Stevens' system. It's not all, um, it's what he call opposition of the basketball. You know, that's why there's... Um, a lot of people always tell me it's, uh, um, I mean, they always say, so, I mean, you guys don't have too many stars, too many players, but, you know, that's how uh, Boston won last year. He won the East, you know, with um, pretty much without a star player. You know, I mean, uh, yes, we had Isaiah Thomas, you know. Unfortunately, he got traded, but that's how it was. His position was basketball. You know, you, um, you, you pass the ball around, you, you can play multiple positions, and then you pass the ball until whoever gets the best shot. It doesn't matter who it is. And I think that's what Kyrie has to, um, what the word is, he has to get that in his, in his head. He has to um, a run with that, and I think that's where he'll, he'll get his assists. It doesn't matter um, whether it's five one game, whether it's three one game, whether it's uh, nine another game. If he does that, then... Um, that will give him the ability to score more, to get the ball in his hands. I think with that, a positionless, positionless basketball system. 
Alrighty, fair enough. Uh, we'll both agree on that one. Under 56 and a half wins for Boston. And we'll move into right. the next team, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Over under 28 and a half wins. What do you think? I'm going to go over 20 and a half wins. You know, I see them about 30 wins this year. Between 30 and 33 wins. You know, Brooklyn's a much better team. You know, I mean, a lot of people gave, uh, gave, um, a lot of people have, has something to say when uh, when the Celtics gave up the 2018 pick, you know, to um, in the trade, um, you know, uh, to pick up Kyrie Irving. I mean, to pick up Kyrie Irving. But often don't realize that Brooklyn has gotten a whole lot better. You know, they've uh, they got Alan Crabb uh, from Portland. They picked up another player. Um, you have um, uh, DeAndre Russell. They picked up the Lakers. Uh, they picked up um, a few other players. I mean, they're they're returning cores there, you know. So I do see them making a small jump, but I don't see them um, winning more than twenty eight and a half games. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't see them winning more than like thirty games, but I see them winning more than twenty and a half. Okay, definitely. Uh, this one, yeah. I mean, you could go either way on this one, but uh, I just think. The, the jump is kind of too big, I mean, to go from, I guess, 18 to, like, 30, 31. So I'm going to go under on this one. I think right. I think 24, 23 wins, something like that. I think they're going to be near the bottom of the Eastern Conference again. Maybe not the bottom, but uh, one of the two, three bottom teams in that, that conference. Even though, I mean, I think D'Angelo Russell uh, has shown some promise with his in his couple of years with the Lakers. Uh, that's their big pickup. uh in the off season that they they traded Brooke Lopez and some other pieces to get him and uh they also took on Mozgov's contract and then you mentioned Alan Crabb I mean he's a kind of a good role player I don't know how much star potential he really has uh not really much to get excited about for me but yeah I mean not other than D'Angelo Russell not really much I'm looking forward to with the Brooklyn Nets other than listening to other than listening to other than listening to Ian Eagle call their games, not much else I'm interested to do other than De- watching him, D'Angelo Russell, and listening listening to Ian Eagle. So, I mean, what were you going to say? I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> they picked up someone else. I forget who that was, but they but they did pick up someone else who has a, who can be a uh, um, who can be a good starter. I just forget the, the guy's name. But I know they picked up someone else in the offseason besides Alan Crabb. Forget who it was, though. Yeah, I mean, it's not I, really it coming was... to me. Other than D'Angelo Russell, I, 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 I'm not really sure who, what their big splash was in the, in the offseason. So. I got to think about it. There was, uh, there was somebody else uh, I, I know they picked up. I just don't remember who it was. All right. Uh, let's see. I mean, maybe we can look for it for a bit. Uh but uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, is it is it a bigger name than D'Angelo Russell? Um, you know what? Uh, that's a good question, bro. I mean, there was somebody. I just don't remember who it was. You know, I, I gotta look up to it, and uh, I gotta figure it out. I don't remember who it was. You know, but it's all good, dude. We can talk about that later. Okay, for sure. We'll move into, I guess, the other team in the big city. Uh, playing at Madison Square Garden, the New York Knicks over under thirty and a half wins. What do you think? Thirty and a half wins, bro. I'm gonna have to go under. I think New York is a whole new 
You know, I think they have lost Carmelo. You know, you have Poringas gets the, the shot now. You know, uh, they got a, a new point guard who they picked up uh, in the draft, Frank Nicotina. You know, so I I definitely see, do see a, a lot of potential there, but I have to go under 30. Okay, for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm going to agree with you as well. I think 25, 26 wins for the New York Knicks. Uh, this is kind of just a developing year for Porzingis and then uh, kind of inserting uh, Frank Nidalekina, the rookie point guard, French point guard, into the offense. And, I mean, other than Porzingis, the, the unicorn, uh, not much else to get excited about with the New York Knicks. So uh, going back to the Brooklyn Nets, uh, was it was it Damari Carroll you're talking about? Yeah, 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 that's right. Okay. That's right, bro. It was Damari Carroll. Okay, yeah, that doesn't really move my. Um, that doesn't really move. Get get the needle moving for me, but uh, yeah, he is he is a very good uh, like starting player. Uh, not not a superstar type player. Uh, he defends well. Uh, he can hit the three, but uh, yeah, like like I said, the most exciting thing for Brooklyn Nets this year is watching Iron Eagle call uh, D'Angelo Russell's games. That's it. Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, there's not much there, bro, bro, but but I just think it, it's sort of. They have a chance to actually. I don't think they're going to be the bottom uh, dweller of NBA teams this year. They have a chance to be, you know, just out of that bottom dweller. You know, so that's so why I think that that 2018 pick. It's, I don't think it's going to be top five. I think it's going to be more like in the five to ten range. Okay, fair enough. So uh, with that, we'll agree on. Uh... The Knicks, uh, we're both going on oh, under 30 and a half, excuse me, and then we'll move into the next team in the Atlantic Division. Uh, probably one of the more exciting teams. Uh, we won't know how, how successful they'll be, but uh, we'll, we'll go to Philadelphia and let's see if we trust the process to give Philadelphia over 42 and a half wins. What do you think? Oh, no, no. I definitely have to go under, bro. <laughs> you don't trust the process think- that much, do you? <laughs> I don't believe they're going to, they're going to bro. They just gave uh, Joe. I mean, <laughs> since you mentioned trust the process, you know they just gave Joe Embiid a huge extension. You know, it's what they're paying him some um, five year deal or something like that. Um, well, he signed a five year uh, max extension. I think uh, it ranges. It could range anywhere. From, I think from one hundred thirty to all the way up to one hundred seventy million. Kind of just depending on how he performs the next couple yeah, of seasons, right. and uh, depending on his injury uh, health and how many games he plays as well. So we'll see where that yeah. number truly ends up being. But yeah, it was a pretty big, hefty contract to pay out to a guy who's very talented, but a guy who only played in thirty-one games last season, and I think only averaged about twenty twenty-five minutes a game, something like that. Well, so. that's the problem with him, bro. He, Health is always an issue with him, you know. I mean, is he worth that kind of huge contract? You know, and then with Philadelphia, 42 and a half, I definitely have to go under, bro. You know, I think there's just too many, there's too many young guys on that team. You know, I think there's too many young players. You know, they haven't, um, uh, they haven't gelled with each other yet. You know, it will take some time. You know, they haven't gelled. And, I mean, giving out this huge contract to Joe Embiid, I just think it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, we got to see what happens. Will we stay healthy? You know, they definitely have um, a potential scary lineup if all those players 
um, um, and play to their max, you know? But that's a big if. Okay. Uh, if they do that, then. Being that we're on the topic of uh, over-unders, uh, let's put out another uh, over-under number out there. Over-under 45 games played for Joel Embiid this season. Oh, I have to go under, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go under, bro. I mean, based on what he, what's been happening, I definitely have to go under. I think he's... Um, I mean, I could be wrong, bro. You know, I mean, I could be wrong. I'll definitely bite my tongue if I am, you know, but... Uh, I just think with his injury history, bro, I don't think forty-two. I don't think uh, forty-two games or or higher he'll be he'll be playing. I think maybe if he's lucky, maybe forty-two games or higher um, without any injuries. But I just think he's he just too injury prone. You know, that's my that's my honest opinion. I mean, I don't know, bro. <laughs> be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm definitely agree- agreeing with you. I'm going under forty-two and a half wins for. Philadelphia. I mean, like I mentioned, a lot of exciting players on this team. Joel Embiid. Uh, we get to see Ben Simmons for the first time playing uh, a point forward type uh, at like six nine, and then Markel Fultz, the the number one pick. Uh, he's a guy that can play off the ball and can also kind of uh, facilitate and play point guard as well. But just a lot of exciting players to watch. Uh, but definitely, like you mentioned, a very young team. So. A, a team that's going to be that's prone to lots of mistakes throughout the season, and because of that, I think forty-two and a half is way too high for this team. Uh, I'm going yeah. more more around thirty-five, thirty-six wins, and then uh, interesting thing to watch, uh, interesting kind of uh, tidbit to throw out there. Uh, Brett Brown, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, was actually an assistant coach for Ben Simmons' dad in Australia. And he has known he has he has known Ben Simmons family for over thirty years, so that's uh, it's going to be very interesting to watch him uh, coach uh, Ben Simmons in his rookie year uh, this season as he was injured all of last season and kind of watch him uh, go through the development of Ben Simmons in the first couple of seasons of the NBA. So that'll be very interesting, okay. and uh, I'm very interesting to see how Ben Simmons uh, acclimates to the NBA playing style and how he does as the point forward because we don't really see much of him in, in the NCAA. His team didn't do too well. They didn't make the tournament. So it's been a long hiatus from college to now to seeing Ben Simmons play. So it should be very interesting to see what happens. So uh, with that, uh, we'll agree with under 42 and a half. Any other um, comments you want to make on the Sixers? Ah, uh, I just think it's going to be, you know, it could be a very fun season for them if they all are healthy, you know, but if they're not, then it's going to be just like how it was the last couple of years. There's a lot of potential, but uh, not living up to it, you know? All right, fair enough. Uh, we'll move into the last team in the Atlantic Division, the Toronto Raptors, over under 48 and a half wins. What do you think? You know, I'm going to go... But this one's kind of tough, bro, you know, because they're always there. I have to go, I'm going to go over. You know, this year, I think Toronto is that, um, I think because they, uh, I think they have potential, you know, they are, they're also a young team. You know, they have um, DeMar DeRozan. Um, they have that, uh, I think it's the other guy, the, the guard. Kyle Lowry. They have, uh, yeah, Kyle Lowry, you know, from, uh, from Bad Boys, you know, <laughs> Mr. Lowry. And then you have, uh, that center they have, um, the Valanciunas or something, or Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas. They also have Serge Ibaka. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so I think they, I think they, they definitely go over. I think they, they win about fifty games this season. You know, because I, I think last year they, they picked up uh, Serge Ibaka uh, right at, at the trade deadline, and I, I think I think they um, that was a good move for them. You know, I, I think this year they need a little more scoring. Um, I'm not sure who they have on their bench, but I I, I think he, I think they'll play much better this year. So I definitely see them winning over 48 games. I say about 50, 51. Yeah, this is a team who hasn't uh, really changed much from last season. I mean, kind of most most of the same type core, most of the same type players. Uh, maybe like a few exceptions. I I think Damari Carroll left, uh, but uh, mostly the same team that bringing bringing back and then you've seen as last three seasons or so they've kind of hovered around 50 wins so it's really this is a very perfectly placed over under a 48 and a half so but i'm gonna agree with you akshay i'm gonna go slightly over i think 50 51 50 to 51 wins uh as long as their core guys lowry DeRozan, and valanchunas stay healthy throughout the majority of the season uh i think they shouldn't have any problems getting to the 51 win uh plateau and with that, I mean, not much else to be said. I mean, they're always going to hover around third or fourth in the Eastern Conference, uh, around 50 wins. I mean, it's pretty uh, similar to what they've done the last three seasons, so I don't really see much else to talk about. All right. All right, and with that, uh, I'll wrap it up for the Atlantic Division, and we'll move out into the Central Division of the Eastern Conference. And the first team that we're going to be taking a look at, the Chicago Bulls, over under 21 and a half wins. What do you think? Okay, this team, Chicago, bro, I think they're, my honest opinion, bro, I think they're, they're going to be having the number one pick next year in the NBA draft. I think they lost Rondo's gone. They lost uh, Dwayne Wade. They lost Jimmy Butler. You know, they have some young guys which have good talent, you know. I definitely sue them. I, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go uh, over 21. I'm going to say about maybe 23 games, 22, 23 games. They definitely have the potential to win some games. You know, um, I don't think they have the potential to, like, completely blow you out, especially a good team, but they can win. If they play well, if they play defense, they can beat you in the last few um, few minutes of the game. Um, So I definitely have to go with – I'm going to go over on this one. You know, I'm going to go over, but but not too much. You know, maybe about a game or two over. That's what I have to go with that because uh, I think the Chicago, yeah, they are they lost everybody. You know, they're they're rebuilding, but uh, you know, in the season, but I I think they're um, I think they're a young team and they have potential. Okay, yeah, uh, definitely with Chicago, uh, definitely in a rebuilding phase. Uh traded their best player Jimmy Butler to Minnesota, uh, bought out Dwayne Wade, their, probably their second or third best player last season, and then Rondo, probably one of their top four players, uh, no longer with the team. So a lot of uh, rebuilding, a lot of uh, shakeup in Chicago. Uh, got a lot of young guys, uh, Zach Levine, Larry Markinen, uh, Nikola Miritic, uh, just a plethora of young guys that they have. And exactly. it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to kind of see their development, but other than that, not much really to get excited about in the Windy City. And it's gonna be a long, hard season for people in Chicago, for basketball fans in Chicago. Yeah, I'm definitely going under. I think, right. <laughs> I think 18 wins, <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, 21 and a half. I mean, even if you're going over, I mean, not much to be excited about. But yeah, I'm go- yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah. under. Not much to be- 
18 wins. Uh, I think less said about Chicago, the better. And we should probably move on to the next team, which is probably the most exciting team in the Central Division, the Cleveland Cavaliers, defending Eastern Conference champions, over under 53 and a half. What do you think? I think uh, 52 and a half, I definitely think they have a chance to go over, bro. I think over 53, you know I mean? I think just like how the Celtics are, they're going to start out a little slow. You know, with, um, I think LeBron, I don't know if he's playing tomorrow. There are some things that he's, uh, especially, um, he has some injury that, and they want him to rest. So who knows? That could be a smoke screen for, for tomorrow's game. But uh, I definitely do see them going over 53. You know, you have, um, uh, they did pick up, uh, I like the pickup of, um, of Crowder. He plays defense. You know, that, 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 that's one thing they were surely lacking. He has the perimeter defense. You know, they picked up um, Isaiah Thomas. I know I know he's hurt, you know, and then he won't probably come back to, like, most, like, yeah, I think, like, probably next year, maybe January, February, or maybe um, March or so. But uh, if he does come back, that's going to be – if he does come back and if he comes back healthy, that's going to be a huge boost for them in the uh, – off the bench. You know, that guy can – Literally score lights out as he saw last season, Mr. Fourth Quarter, you know, and I think that's going to definitely give LeBron some help. But then again, everything's going to depend on on the injuries, you know. Can LeBron stay healthy, you know, because he's been healthy pretty much all this time in his career. He hasn't really haven't had some significant injury, you know. But but now you're bringing yeah the Wayne stretch Wade. of durability that we've seen Le- from LeBron is we've seen from very few others in NBA history. It's I mean it's incredible. I mean he's pretty much gone 14 straight seasons without a major injury. So we'll exactly. see what happens. We'll see. Oh, but that's the thing, bro. You know, it's so like I think it's this way. You know, yeah, he he's gone 14 straight seasons without a major injury, but I don't know, man. I just think that it's always coming to bite you when when you least expect it. You know, and I think that. Oh, you never know. I mean, I don't wish anything on on the guy, you know, because he's a very spectacular player. So we love seeing seeing him play, you know. But then again, the the injury bug always seems to come bite you when you do when you least expect it, you know. So that that's the thing with the Cavs. I mean, I definitely see them over over fifty three wins this year, you know. But I mean, there's a lot of ifs there too because is Dwayne Wade going to be healthy all season? You know, he's older. He does get injured more. He's more injury prone now. Yeah, Wade's gonna miss his uh, customary fifteen games, I think, some, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. Then you have uh, their point guard Rose. You know, he's coming off uh, uh, a couple surgeries. You know, he's playing really well now. You know, he's he's, he's playing really well, but that guy's very injury prone himself too. So you, so you don't know. Then you have uh, Kevin Love. You know, he recently had some injuries. So I mean, there's a whole lot of um, a lot of things uh, circling around them. But uh, if they're healthy, bro, all of them, you know, I definitely see them over over 53 games. I can easily see them winning. Um, I would say 56 to 58 games easily. Okay, uh, I'm gonna agree with you. I think uh, this is a 57 win team, and I think I just think uh, LeBron uh, kind of now with Kyrie gone. It's kind of uh, he hasn't won an MVP t- since 2013. I think he's kind of kind of going to kind of assert himself uh, this season and go for that fifth MVP, in my opinion. And then uh, bringing in uh, his buddy Dwayne Wade, uh, 
obviously a lot older. Like I've always kind of said, Dwayne Wade at this point in his career, if he's your first or second best player, you're in trouble. But as your third or fourth best player, maybe, I think that's a very good pickup for them, for the Cleveland. Exactly. So if he's your third or fourth best player, kind of in a a, a role uh, role player type situation, kind of helping you out in situations here or there, slashing to the rim, getting passes from LeBron, uh, playing good, solid help defense in late game pressure situations. I think that's a a win-win for Cleveland and also for Dwayne Wade as well. But uh, kind of a, a negative that kind of came from Dwayne Wade is kind of just the lack of negativity that we're now seeing from J.R. Smith. They feels kind of uh, salty about uh, being sent to the bench now that they signed Dwayne Wade, who's now going to be the starting shooting guard. So uh, do you see some sort of uh, chemistry locker, locker room problems that's always kind of been rampant with the, the Cleveland Cavaliers since LeBron James came back in 2014? I can definitely see it building up the pro, you know, as season goes on. You know, I mean, um, a lot of people don't realize, too, and, you know, another key name that they lost was Richard Jefferson. He was their locker room guy. You know, he was um, he, he was their glue, so to speak, you know. Like, in the locker room, he kept that, he kept it cool, you know, and now he's gone. So, you know, and I, I think, especially with Wade, you know, I mean, you know how Wade is, bro, you know. I mean, he's a cool guy, don't get me wrong. He, he, he's going to play with his, with his buddy again, but the guy wants minutes, you know. Yeah, I don't think he wants to come and just sit and play at 10 minutes a game. You know, I think he wants to play a good uh, 25, 30 minutes a game. You know, um, whether that's going to be done, you know, we got to see uh, wait and see what happens, you know. But uh, I think if Wade comes out and he and he knows his role and he knows that he's there as a bench scorer, like you mentioned, um, a fourth scorer, you know, then then Cleveland has a shot to do um, has to get a shot to go um, really far in the NBA this season, you know. But uh, if he doesn't accept that role and he gets angry and then uh, he causes locker room. Uh, nonsense, you know, then I can definitely see that affecting them, you know, and uh, I don't know, dude, it, it, it's just, I think it's sort of like, we gotta wait and see what, it, we have to wait and see what happens with uh, with Cleveland, I mean, they have the potential to um, to definitely beat um, the Warriors this year, but that's a big, um, that's a big if, you know, they have to, everything has to fall in place, so, but that I think right now, I mean, with all the stuff going on, I think that um, it's going to be tough for them to do that, you know. But if they can all work together, I think they definitely have a great shot. All right, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I guess enough said about Cleveland. I think I'm sure we'll be talking about them a lot more throughout the entire season. Exactly. We'll both agree with uh, over 53 and a half wins for Cleveland, and looking forward to the exciting matchup, opening night matchup tomorrow night, uh, Cleveland versus Boston at the Quicken Loans Arena. And with that, we'll move into the third team in the Central Division, the Detroit Pistons, over under 38 and a half wins. What do you think? I'm going to have to go. Oh, on this one, bro, I'm going to have to go 38 and a half. I'm going to have to go about, um, I'm going to go over. Quite honestly, I, I think they are an approved team. Uh, yes, they did lose Marcus Morris, but they gained Avery Bradley. You know, I think they're about about 39 wins, 39-40 wins. 
I don't see much more than that. You know, I don't see them as like dropping um, in their play. I think they have a good um, as center. I forget, I forget his name. Uh, they have a good Andre Drummond. Yeah, Andre Drummond. And they have another guy. Uh, I forget his name too. But um, when you add Avery Bradley to the mix, I I think it's definitely a positive for them. So I definitely see them like maybe winning one or two games extra this season. So I would say about maybe um, 39, 40-win season for them. Okay, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, uh, the most exciting aspect of their team is the young center, Andre Drummond. Uh, It's kind of has yet to be seen. I mean, if he's a center that's kind of become obsolete in today's NBA just because he's not one that can really hit free throws, he kind of uh, resembles a young Dwight Howard under their coach, Stan Van Gundy. And it's uh, quite very questionable if that type of style uh, center is still effective in today's NBA. So, But he's a very young, exciting player to watch. And Detroit uh, still kind of very similar to what they've been the last couple of seasons. Uh, and I think there'll be something like that again, somewhere near the between 8 and 10th seed in the East. I think uh, somewhere around 41 wins, I think. So I'm going to go over the 38 and a half. I agree with you on that one. But, yeah, I mean, Avery Bradley, I think, uh, a good defensive stopper for them, a guy to throw on opposing point guards. And as we know, it's the golden age of point guards in the NBA, so very tough matchup for him every night that he goes out defensively. And just uh, other than that, I mean, not not too much to get excited about other than listening to Stan Van Gundy uh, say stuff like form a fucking wall and stuff like that. Uh, exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, so other than their coach, I mean, not much else to get excited about. But with that, uh, we'll both agree on over 38.5 wins for the Detroit Pistons. And we'll move on to the next team in the Central Division. We have the Indiana Pacers. Over under 31.5 wins. What do you think? This one, bro, I have to go. Um, I know they lost. Indiana's had a, a tough offseason, bro. They lost uh, uh, Paul George. You know, they lost, um, I think they lost another player. I'm going to have to go under on this one. I don't think them, I don't see them winning more than 31. I know they have, um, um, uh, again, that young player's name, uh, that sort of uh, power forward center. Miles Turner. I think Miles Turner, if they can build around. But I still believe, um, I don't think it's enough to win more than 31 games. I think. I see them at maybe about like 29 games maximum, maybe 30. But that's pretty much it, bro. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, trading away Paul George didn't get much. Their franchise player for the last like four or five seasons didn't get much in return for him. Uh, uh, they only got Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis. Yeah, the the team is pretty much uh, full of kind of uh, young uh, fringe stars or kind of journeyman fringe stars like Thaddeus Young, Victor Oladipo, Al Jefferson, Lance Stevenson, guys who have kind of shown signs but have never kind of made that leap to becoming a true star in the NBA. So that their their team is full of those types of guys. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough year, but, uh, I mean, 31 and a half, I mean, that's I think that's just right for them. Uh but I'll agree with you. I'm going to go under. I think 30 wins is more of a fair number for Indiana. Uh, just like I said, a bunch of fringe stars, uh, 
journeyman guys who never really got over the hump in their career and made it to that true star level. So uh, we'll both agree on that one. Under 31 and a half wins. And we'll move into the last team in the Central Division, the Milwaukee Bucks, over under 47 and a half. What do you think? I'm going to say over, bro. You know, I think uh, Milwaukee is going to be a good team next year. You know, I, I think they're a good young team. You know, young, talented team. You know, you have a lot of uh, a lot of good young players, especially if I forget to uh, I forget his name. Their star player. You know, he's always uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. Giannis Antetokounmpo. There we go. <laughs> I mean, he's getting better and better, bro. You know, I mean, he's he's definitely getting better and better. Is he getting uh, good enough to? Uh, Accept Kobe's challenge and become the league MVP this season? No, I don't think so, bro. <laughs> Not yet, you know. Alrighty, uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't think just yet, bro. I don't think just yet. I think he's. Uh, I mean, he's getting there, league MVP. But I think it's. I think that his. Uh, for him to get there, I think his team has to mature as well. I know they have a, a lot of young guys on, in the starting five of his. Of of, um, of Milwaukee, you know, so I definitely see that. Um, I definitely see them more winning more games. I can see them getting to like fifty games this year, maybe fifty one games. Okay, uh, I mean, is uh, going into this season, is this uh, the funnest team to watch in the Eastern Conference? What do you think? Um, potentially, I think so. You know, between them and Philadelphia, potentially yes. You know, and I think third, the Celtics are there as far as a fun team to watch because the Celtics, I mean, dude, um, I mean, the way I see it, besides Irving, you have uh, Hayward, you have Horford. They have a lot of young guys that can, uh, that are, that are, um, that can potentially do really well. I mean, one guy I want to see play, and I'm actually excited to see play. This is a little off topic, is Gershon Yesubeli, uh, the guy they picked up out of, out of France last year. You know, I mean, out of France. I mean, out of France, he's like what six eight two two sixty two sixty five. He's a big guy that can that can hit three pointers. You know, I think he'll he'll take some time to get used to uh, the NBA level. You know, and and getting there. But once he gets it, he's going to be a, especially if you see him like the highlights of him. If he gets into pain, a good luck stopping him. You know, because he's like um, he's like a. Um, a freight train running down the down the um, the court, and if you even trying to stop him, you're gonna you're not gonna go anywhere. You know, like sort of like a LeBron when he when he picked up that steam going down the the center. You know, oh. I mean, um, I think uh, there's a lot of teams that are that are gonna be fun to watch, but but definitely I think Milwaukee is the top one. You know, because they have a, a lot of young players. You know, a lot of Guys that can play multiple positions, a lot of guys that are long, you know, they can do um, a lot of things. And I, I think they can be definitely, it's going to be a scary team, you know, for them if they all gel this year. But, yeah, definitely uh, I have to agree with you. You know, they're going to be the, the most fun team to watch. Okay, uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, the most exciting aspect of this team Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, one of the better players in the league uh, definitely a top 10 player at this point in his career uh, and this team I mean a lot of uh, young wing guys who have lots of length I mean they have uh, Malcolm Brogdon uh, the reigning rookie of the year uh, 
Greg Monroe, Jabari Parker, Chris Middleton. So just a lot of young, exciting guys to watch who play the game right, uh, play good defense, uh, have a lot of length. So just a very fun team to watch, young, exciting. Get, they get down the floor quick, and then their coach, Jason Kidd, obviously uh, was very fun to watch as a player as well, and he's done very well for himself as a coach. So Milwaukee Bucks, a very up-and-coming team. Uh, I'll agree with you. Uh, I'm going to go slightly over at 48-49, and they should be a very exciting team to watch, and I'm looking forward to watching their uh, national TV games if there are any this season. So with that, uh, that'll wrap it up for the Central Division, uh, and we'll move into the last division in the Eastern Conference, the Southeast Division, and we'll start off with the Atlanta Hawks, over under 25 and a half. What do you think? Atlanta Hawks, bro, I'm going to have to go over under 25 and a half. Um, hmm. I'm going to have to go under, bro, on this one. I think they're, uh, I think they're a good team. You know, I mean, it, uh, they have a lot of young talent, but I, I still think they, uh, I still think they, um, what do you call, uh, I still think they, I mean, they lost a lot of players this offseason. I mean, you lost Howard, Dwight Howard, you lost, um, Paul Millsap. If they had, yeah, Paul Millsap, you know, I think, uh, I mean, with Schroeder now, I heard something in the news where, uh, something about some arrest for him or something. I don't know what's going to happen, bro. I mean, it just—I think there's a lot of ifs there with that team. So I definitely have to go under on this. I can definitely see them maybe be winning like maybe 23 games, uh, 24 games, but I don't see over 25. Yeah, I mean, if you're going into the season, if your best player is Dennis Schroeder, you know what what uh, what that is. I mean, it means you're in fucking in trouble. That's that's what it means. <laughs> so it's not a lot not a lot of good signs for Atlanta. I'm going to go under 20, the 25 and a half. I think they're 21, 22 wins and kind of looking uh, looking forward to getting a good pick in that lottery. So uh, we'll agree on that one. Not much else to say. They lost a lot of All good right. players. Uh, in, two good players in Paul Millsap and Dwight Howard. And their best player now is Dennis Schroeder, who is very herky-jerky, uh, Jekyll and Hyde type player. Exactly. So, so we'll move into the next the second team in the Southeast Division, the Charlotte Hornets. Forty two and a half wins over under forty two and a half. What do you think? Forty two and a half. I'm gonna have to go, bro. With this one, I'm gonna have to go. Uh, I know they picked up uh, Dwight Howard. I think that was their key acquisition this year. You know, but I, I you know how Howard is, bro. I don't think he's that. Uh, yeah, he's not effective think, anymore in the NBA. He's, He's like a show of himself, you know, than what he was before. And then he he also brings bad locker room um, presence. You know, I have to go under here, unfortunately. I don't think uh, Michael Jordan's team did that well as far as uh, acquisition-wise. And I think they're – I think it's also being that they're uh, – I don't know. I think it's being that they're in like a small market sort of hits them as well. I don't think they really attract uh, the marquee uh, top one or two tier free agents. Uh, so they got to settle around with like three, and they have to have to definitely build in house with a draft. So I definitely have to go under on this one. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is really tough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could, sp- yeah, see them kind of around nine or ten. I think forty wins. I'll agree with you under. But yeah, I mean. 
they drafted Malik Monk, I think, uh, top 10. I think he's a very exciting player to watch. I'm looking forward to watching him alongside with uh, their young point guard, Kemba Walker, who's very, very uh, exciting to watch as well. And then other than that, not much else, uh, really, that kind of uh, makes the needle move for me with the Hornets. Uh, uh, just a kind of boring uh, team in the small market, like you mentioned, so not much else, but... We'll agree on the under in that one, under 42 and a half. I think they're more at 40 wins. And with that, we'll move on to the third team in the Southeast Division, the Eastern Conference. We got the Miami Heat over under 43 and a half wins. What do you think? I'm going to go. This one's going to be tough, dude. I think it's going to be. I'm going to have to go under on this one, you know, because I know that um, they still have what's his face. Uh, uh, that center, they have that guard. Uh, I know they yeah. picked up... Uh, yeah, Dragic, Whiteside. Whiteside, yeah. Dragic, Whiteside. I, I know they picked up uh, Kelly Olnick, you know, the, uh, the long-time Boston Celtic player. Um, I think he adds uh, a little bit of uh, a toughness to the team, but I don't see them going over 43. I would say about maybe 40, 41, 42 games max. I don't see much more than that, bro, <laughs> to be honest, you know. Okay, fair enough. Uh, this team, uh, kind of a tale of two seasons last te- last last year with this team. Uh, they started off the first half of the season 11-30. and 30. Then they ended the, the last half of the season at 30-11. and 11. So polar opposites from uh, first half to the second half. Uh, and then Eric Spolstra, kind of uh, one of the few coaches in the entire NBA with multiple championships. And then, obviously, led by Goran Dragic and Hassan Whiteside. And then uh, a lot of other young guys like Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow. Uh, they signed uh, Kelly Olenek. And then they have some other role, role guys, Wayne Ellington, James Johnson, Tyler Johnson. So uh, with all that being said, I think uh, just because how how creative their coach is and how good of a young coach he is, I think I'm going to go over the 43 and a half. I think they are a, uh, maybe a sixth, fifth-place team in the East, in my opinion. I'm going to go 45, 46 wins for this team. I'm going to go over the 43-and-a-half. And it uh, should be exciting to see the Miami Heat uh, fully together this season, hopefully for the entire season, and hopefully they don't lose guys like Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow to injuries like they did last season. So with that being said, we'll move uh, up to North Florida, to Orlando, with our fourth team in the southeast division we got the orlando magic over under at 33 and a half wins what do you think i think they're gonna go over here but i don't think too much over i say about 35 uh 36 win season i know they have uh a, a lot of young players yeah I, I i can't name every single one i see i don't remember too much of them but I, I think um, they can have another year of continuity playing together. So I, I definitely see them over uh, 33 wins. I, I think about maybe 36, 37 win season this year. Yeah, their entire core is full of uh, young up-and-coming guys. Alfred Payton, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, uh, Terrence Ross. So kind of just a lot of young guys. Evan Fournier. It's a lot of guys who are kind of in that 25 or under range or maybe a little over 25. So just another kind of rebuilding year for Orlando. And then uh, Frank Vogel in his second season. 
So just a lot of, uh, I mean, the exciting uh, players on their team are both players at their front court, uh, Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic. Those are guys that are fun to watch when uh, they do come on TV or you get the, the League Pass channel and watch them for a week or so. But not much else other than that, so uh, not much to say on this one. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go over. I'll agree with you. Uh, I think 37 wins for this team. So with that, we'll move into the last team in the Southeast Division and the last team in the Eastern Conference that we're gonna be looking at. Uh, their season ended in seven games last season in the conference semifinals to your Boston Celtics. The Washington Wizards over under 47 and a half wins. What do you think? I say 47 and a half wins, bro. I say about even for them. Uh, I say about 48 wins. So I'll go a little over about 48 wins. I know they, um, uh, they're a good team, you know, especially with John Wall. You know, you have John Wall, you have the other guy. Yeah, I forget his name too, but I mean, they're, they're a good team. You know, they have uh, the other Morris brother, Marquis Morris. You know, and then uh, I, I think they're definitely a good team. Uh, but I don't, I don't remember who they who they picked up in the offseason. If they picked up anybody uh, substantial, I know they had um, they are hit hard with with salary cap issues. I, I think. Yeah, was, I mean, not much. I mean, uh, very maybe like little signings here or there. But I think most of their money is uh, kind of put to their their core with Bradley Beal, John Wall. Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter, so those guys got mo- the the bulk of the money there. So yeah, so uh, I don't see much more. I don't. I don't know if they. I don't think they really picked up anybody. I mean, yeah, they didn't pick they, up bro? any. Any didn't have any major off season signings. Major trades, moves, so. exactly. So that's why I think they go. Uh, they're about a forty eight win season this year. Okay, yeah, their biggest right. off season signing is probably Jody Meeks, and that's not. What yeah, does that really tell that's you? not really much. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So that's, that's the way I see it. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, this team, in my opinion, probably should have beat Boston last season in the conference semifinals. I don't, I don't know what happened. But, uh, yeah, I mean, with Boston improving like they did and Cleveland being, as they always are, being Cleveland, I don't know if they can even get to the conference finals this season. I'm pretty sure they can't. But uh, obviously, I love John Wall as much as... Um, Radio guy Colin Cowherd, uh, a guy I listen to, hates him and rags on him. I I think he's a very young, up-and-coming type point guard, and he's really shown himself to be a true superstar, one of the better point guards in the league, in my opinion. He plays very good defensively. Uh, I think he averaged about 10.5 assists a game last season, uh, somewhere near 21, 22 points as well. So he's really uh, developing into a true superstar in the league, and he's... He's looked uh, really good uh, pat- the past couple seasons, especially last season. And then Bradley Beal as well uh, stayed relatively healthy last season for the first time in his career, and he's still only 24. So still lots of promising young si- signs for this Washington Wizards team. And then uh, Scott Brooks, like like I always mention, is very good at handling uh, young teams with lots of talent. So I think they should do well. So with all that being said, I'm going to go over the 47 and a half. I think somewhere near 49 and 50 wins for this team. All right. Battling for somewhere between the third and fifth spot in the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, I think exactly. I think we'll agree on that one over 47 and a half. And with that, uh, are there any other comments or 
suggestions or anything you want to add for the Eastern Conference teams going into the well, the I mean, start of the season? Uh, I just took a little more on the Wizards. You know, I, I think they're going to be uh, definitely. I mean, uh, John Wall. I have to agree with you. He is one of the, of the better point guards in the game. I think Bradley Beal is one of the, uh, of the best shooting guards there is. You know, but the team. I mean. What comes to me with them is like uh, is their depth on the uh, on the bench um, with the Wizards, and then uh, I think uh, Boston picking up uh, um, the other Morris brother this year in that trade. So now they uh, it, it's going to be fun to see both Morris brothers go at it, you know, because they're definitely going to be probably defending each other. Yeah, and they already have a, a a little rivalry going between Washington and Boston. Let's see if that continues. So. Exactly. Now with the with the other Morris brother coming in, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. You know that with that, but that um, but one of the most things I want to see, bro, is uh, is with the Celtics. You know, I want to see what happens at the at the, um, at the um, what do you call what happens in the mid season. At, at the NBA trade deadline, you know, because um, going next year, I mean, we'll, we have to wait and see what happens. But I mean, the Celtics potentially, I mean, going into next year at uh, at the midseason, they potentially have um, depending on what happens with with the Lakers this year, how much they win, depending on <clears throat> on that pick, if they get uh, the first round pick in 2018, or um, so. But we got to see what happens because because they uh, they can definitely pull off uh, a trade for another star, you know. Because and then if you look at 2019, they have uh, uh, three other picks. I think they have the Memphis pick, the Clippers pick, and they have but their own pick. And and so I mean potentially if, uh, down the road they could potentially have a top pick in 2018, or they can have four top picks in 2019. So it's like. Um, I know Ainge is not going to draft all of this. <laughs> There's no way in hell he's going to do that. So there's definitely some trades uh, that are going to happen. I mean, will they happen this year or they happen? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, will they happen next year or, or if they happen the following year? We got to wait and see what happens. So I think depending on that, I can definitely see the Celtics winning more, maybe one or two more games. All right, fair enough. Uh, the, that's all interesting points. It's always tough to keep track of the Celtics' uh, future draft picks, given how much wheeling and dealing Danny Ainge does. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But Akshay, always a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, bro. It's always fun, you know. Always, always a good time. And everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I should have the Western Conference over-unders uh, out tomorrow before the season starts. And I hope everybody enjoys the NBA season and opening night tomorrow.